0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com.
1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block.
2: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's
1: only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSC. Hey Brindo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going in Raw's Count Out. It's the top 10 show in podcast form where we get beefy, lengthy discussions uh, about uh, things that we can rank and, and, and put in a top 10 list. This week, of course, uh, because the era of Vince McMahon is done with and we're firmly in the McMahon Helmsley era, or I guess it'd be the McMahon Con LaVec era. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, when uh, creative regimes change in any given company, you would think that, well, uh, you know, the, the the superstars at the top or at the bottom might end up sort of changing places because there are favorites. They play favoritism based on who they like, Larson.
1: Well, I think that's a way of looking at it, yeah. Um, you know, and, and especially with Triple H now heading creative, it's obvious that there's people that he likes. There's mm-hmm. people that we have described as Triple H guys. We're already seeing uh, Tommaso Ciampa now Champa on Raw uh, see some benefit in his own booking ever since Triple H uh, uh, sh- uh, took over he's got a US title shot coming up this next week on Raw uh, you know prior to Triple H and I don't know what if anything they had planned for him under, uh, under Vince uh, he was this Miz's henchman and yeah. I don't know if this is predominantly a Triple H thing pushing him more to the fore but uh, it, it's, it's just one example uh, that we've seen so far of, of Triple H really liking uh, a superstar and then pushing that superstar. Um, we also saw him bring back Dakota Kai, mm-hmm. um, bring up Io Shirai, the main roster, uh, put them both with Bailey for this new faction. Uh, they're going to be a, a major focus of Raw going forward. But, you know, we thought, heck, there's a lot more people mm-hmm, yeah. that we think will probably benefit now that Triple H has the book?
2: We're so only, that's what we're going to count down yeah, today. We're only we're heading into, I guess, technically we're heading into week three, but really, like you know, after SummerSlam is when we really saw fully. Okay, this is what. And by the way, this mm-hmm. is being recorded even before SmackDown, mm-hmm. so it's entirely possible. And yes, we we kept Champa, Kai, and Shirai off this list uh, uh, because th- we've already seen sort of the fruits of that. We've already seen mm-hmm. that bear. Out. Obviously, we knew Champa was going to be a big deal because. Um, I mean, even though it, it was sort of reported by Fightful Select that Champa was impressing people backstage, he seems to have adapted really well. Like under uh, when, when he sort of remained uh, from NXT 1.0 to 2.0, he did everything they wanted them to do. Uh, mm-hmm. He moved to main roster. He did everything they wanted him to do there. And apparently Vince McMahon liked him. But I don't know if he ever would have moved out of the shadow of the Miz, even though Vince McMahon liked him. We all know that Triple H loves Tommaso Ciampa mm-hmm. uh, going back to NXT. He was one of the vital pieces of Triple H's big story, the Ciampa Gargano stuff. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's obvious he is immediately benefiting from this. So he's not on this list. We want to take a look at other people mm-hmm. who could benefit from Triple H. Uh, being in charge. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Uh, Number 10. 10. (laughs) Asuka. Where's our chemistry today? (laughs) I just said 10, and then I I rolled right over your line. So let's do this again. Number 10. 10. Asuka. Now, she was so much of a favorite of Triple H's that she went undefeated in her time in NXT, even though there were plenty of people who they probably could have chosen to use Asuka to get, you know, uh to get them over. They never did that. Mm-hmm. She ended up uh, vacating her title there in NXT because she had cleared out the division and in k they had cut a deal with Raw, I believe, uh to bring her up to main roster. I
1: believe, I, th- I think she had she suffered an injury too was one of the reasons she had mm. to vacate the okay, title. Okay. Um I have some statistics here for you. Uh she had the NXT Women's Championship for 522 days went undefeated wow. for over 900 days. Mm-hmm. At the beginning yeah. of, her, of her WWE career in NXT, all the way until she faced Charlotte at WrestleMania 34, I think mm-hmm. it's where she took her first loss. Then remember, uh, they oh made wait, kind no, of that was the following deal. year. It was actually 35. Sorry, it's the following made, year. I think they made kind of
2: a deal about Oscar breaking Goldberg's streak as well. And mm-hmm. to be fair, she has been treated just fine on main roster. I mean, uh, with with exceptions, I guess the if the only caveat is. Oh, sorry, she 34. 34. apologies. She hasn't been treated as well as Charlotte. Then that's sort of a really, you know, that's that it, that's not terrible. Although you and I, and I think a lot of people think that Asuka should have all the titles, and she should be considered to be up there with Charlotte. Maybe Absolutely. now under Trump. I mean, she's dude, she's been champion of both brands, mm-hmm. and she's been tag team champion. Mm-hmm. She's, she's been Miss She's been run the rumble. She won Money in the Bank, and that immediately was was morphed into Raw title. Um, She's done everything except for a couple little things here and there, namely, like you mentioned, beat Charlotte at WrestleMania, and maybe under Triple H, we'll start to see Oscar uh, maybe advance up to that level where it's kind of clear she is on the level of yeah. Charlotte within the fantasy realm of yeah, the Yeah,
1: you know, like, it, even when she got brought up to the main roster, there wasn't the feeling... There wasn't... No one seemed scared that Asuka was coming to the main roster, you know? Yeah. She was undefeated in NXT. She dominated that division, yeah. and and yet it was like, oh, all right, everybody's lining up to be her first opponent, and there was no sense of fear from anybody. In um, her first match... Against Emma, it should have at, on a pay per view. It should have been a squash match. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oscar's had a main roster career that anybody would be proud of. Mm-hmm. It's just this that sense of uh, of nearly invulnerability that she had in NXT mm-hmm. didn't carry over to the main roster. And I understand you got from a creative standpoint, you got to do things a little differently. But that's been kind of like the one thing missing from Asuka's tenure on the main roster for the most part Mm -hmm. um and and, and part of that is is being up there with the likes of charlotte in terms of being kind of like final boss mm -hmm. tier in the women's division you know and i yeah i understand she's new to the main roster build up to that point but i mean once they announced that she was coming like people what should have been oh man hmm Well, by that point, yeah,
2: by that point, um, I I do think that there had already grown a disconnect between NXT and uh, and and main roster, and she was one of maybe not the first, but one of the first call ups where you started to get that sense. You know, when you had Finn Balor and Kevin Owens um, establish and Sami Zayn establish such a great um, precedent for the NXT call up. I mean, you had the Shield. But they were hardly the same people that we saw in in NXT. Like it was really Balor and uh, and and Kevin Owens that really gave us all hope. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a big big deal. Um, and then when Oscar came around, it should have been that, oh my god, this is terrifying. But it seemed, cl- you know, in retrospect, it seems clear that Vince started to think of NXT. As okay, this is lower in the pecking order. The, the they are not on par with right. the main roster stars, and and thus that's why people weren't necessarily afraid of her coming up. You know, like you said, people were were sort of you know trying to draw straws or whatever to get a shot at Oscar. Um, and and yeah, like she she beat Emma, but she wasn't like sort of the dominant fashion. It wasn't the big splash that it really should have been. And I think one thing that she has also been stuck with is just too often there's been a lack of stories for Mm -hmm. Mm oscar she has been treated in many cases like a big boss and sort of a default you know she's been sort of like a bret hart type champion where it's like okay vince knows he can rely on oscar to be the spotlight on on anytime she's on tv and vince clearly really liked oscar but just not as much as he liked Charlotte because he would give Charlotte all the stories, he'd give Becky all the stories and Oscar really wouldn't have too many. Um and so uh it, it was very much like Bret Hart to to Charlotte's Hogan uh to to carry on that metaphor I guess. But uh but yeah, under Triple H you have to wonder if and I don't I don't think for a second that You know, uh, uh, Triple H's best friend, Ric Flair's daughter is going to take a backseat maybe to anybody, but hopefully he can find a way to mix it up and elevate Oscar to that point where um, she is another big, big deal who gets stories, who goes through transformations, who develops some complexity um, because honestly, whenever she's on screen, she she steals the show. Oh, absolutely! She to this day is whether it's her dancing around in the ring, her creative use of misting people, uh, just her awesome wrestling ability, any of that stuff. Um, she is absolutely terrific. And I don't know if it was with Vince McMahon, sort of he felt that there was maybe a language barrier, a promo barrier. He's been known to feel that way. Triple H never get, cared about that stuff. You know, you can Oscar is is more effective at uh, telling a story with, you know, uh, her words, her body language, uh, uh, her presentation, everything. She's more effective than most people on the roster. Triple Mm -hmm. H understands that Vince had a very limited view of how people communicate. Triple H doesn't. And so I'm I'm hopeful that Oscar is going to benefit from Triple H being in charge. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too.
0: In just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Let's move on. Number nine. Nine. The Judgment Day. It still bothers me when there's the the in front of Judgment Day.
2: So taken apart all each member of judge of the judgment day judgment day yeah finn balor triple h guy the damian priest yeah i, I think he's a triple h guy i dude ever you, you cannot look at the picture of know, triple h, h celebrating yeah <laughs> just outside he wanted to be in that hot tub with oh, damian sure. priest and sure. the honeys
1: well i mean finn balor was the beneficiary of a uh the two suite at the end of what raw 25 or whatever it was yeah It's him in there.
2: Oh, made man. A made man, absolutely. Obviously, and then a Triple H guy.
1: And then Rhea Ripley, yeah. Oh, man.
2: Are you kidding me? She's the epitome of a Triple H gal, I guess. Um, You know, she is metal incarnate. You Mm -hmm. know that Triple H loves Rhea Ripley. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would think that taking, you know, uh, you put them all together, it'd be like a super, like a Triple H super group. Well, it's sort of the opposite of where they're coming from under mm-hmm. Vince McMahon because they were more of a like a clown show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, there was nothing terribly metal about their presentation, other than what they they individually brought to the table. Yeah, um, they were booked as you mentioned as clowns, mm-hmm. uh, especially when Rhea was out hurt. When it was just mm-hmm. Finn and Damian Priest, mm-hmm. they they. You know this is this is how Vince McMahon apparently approaches booking of heel factions specifically is uh, they generally can't win unless they cheat. and then when they lose, they look like absolute idiots doing so. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then uh, they have a tendency to lose a lot. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Now Judgment Day wasn't booked uh, into the ground as badly as say retribution was because right. really, since the very beginning, the very launch of retribution, that thing was done. No mm-hmm. chance. Of getting that thing over. Unless they really focused on building them up as a legitimately dominant faction, which they never did. Once Mustafa Ali took the lead, if they were running through the opposition, getting wins, getting championships, then yes, you could turn that around. But based on how it was launched, no. Um, There's a lot of star power in Judgment Day. Um, And as we saw at SummerSlam... They're getting a bit more of a metal entrance. They got a pretty damn metal entrance yeah, at SummerSlam. Yeah. Now it's 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 focusing on booking them in a way that they're actual they're actually a threat in WWE on Raw. Otherwise, if they pick up a random win here or there, but otherwise look like damn fools eating L's, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's not gonna happen. But considering that all three members of Judgment Day Uh, Triple H is a huge fan of Mm -hmm. you got to think their fortunes could turn here uh, any
2: minute you know and it's really easy to do I I understand that Edge is gonna have he'll probably end up having a match against Finn Balor as sort of like his big thing Um, although he speared Dom and maybe that's gonna change the story him inadvertently spearing Dom Maybe we'll get a bit more complexity to this particular mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't go that route, if you just want to go the simplest way possible, Edge can still get that win. But if you give them a 25-minute uh, no DQ street fight, just don't wear jeans, last man standing, something like that, where maybe somebody draws some blood, maybe they do, maybe they go a little bit overboard with the violence, because honestly, anybody will be on board. anybody marks Everybody marks out for violence. People mm-hmm. like people wrecking things. Mm-hmm. And if Judgment Day, just like we saw with the Mysterios, Rhea grabbing Don by the top of his head. And if you continue those little details, because she did it again. she This on Raw, she grabbed Don by the top of the head and then crushed him his head in, in between her thighs. Um, mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was great. And as long as you have Judgment Day, do cool stuff, and rack up wins, then you'll be fine. But they do need to do that. I mean, if yeah. they targeted somebody... Along the lines of like uh, a Bobby Lashley or so, although I think they have different plans for Lashley, mm-hmm. but somebody on his level, mm-hmm. I think it's really going to make an impact. But really, you just all you really have to inject Judgment Day with is just a lot of violence, yeah, and
1: people will love that shit. You know, they'll really like it. You know, you know who Judgment Day should go after? Who they should go after? Riddle after his feud with Seth Rollins.
2: Oh, that's not a bad
1: idea, especially if Riddle, which I expect him to eventually lose the feud with Seth. Mm -hmm. they can think oh here's somebody who might be willing to join us here's Mm -hmm. somebody who listens to the fans here's somebody who listens way too much to randy orton let's get in his ear and see if we can bring him aboard yeah um and that could be an interesting feud that could be especially judgment day yes they will ultimately lose the feud to edge but between the first match and last match they gotta get some wins there if there's a six uh, a a, a six-person tag match or some sort of tag match. Judgment Day needs to win that. Yeah, um, yeah. Judgment Day needs to get some wins in this feud. Sure, Edge will beat Finn to close out the feud, but in between, Judgment Day needs to get a ton of wins, and then continue telling interesting stories. Let Finn be Finn.
2: Yeah.
1: Heel Finn is awesome. Well, even really, when what, he was yeah. when he was a tweener in NXT, it was a lot of fun. Let them show that
2: personality, you, which you really need. You need you need Prince Devitt, you know, yeah. like that level. And we never really got that in NXT, Mm-mm. that level of maniacal of mm-hmm. of just fr- of, of frantic, chaotic energy. Mm-hmm. And let Damien Priest ease up a little bit on the villain thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, let him be chill Damien Priest, but a dick, you know, yeah. yeah. let them be closer to themselves. Let them do what they want to do. But just having be bad guys doing it because the sort of you know holds up the microphone, all you people, oh, bow down hey before Jimmy Stop doing that. That stuff is so cheesy, and nobody cares about that. But if you look back at Finn Balor and his Bullet Club days, they were just dicks. They were just a bunch of assholes who came in chopping, you know, the the roving reporter guy who wanders into their uh, into their locker room and and people at the restaurant. Um, so just sort of let them be, you know, instead of instead of uh, having AJ and Finn reform a Bullet Club, just let Judgment Day sort of emulate what made Bullet Club cool just because they're, they're just dudes they are just a bunch of dicks, you know? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to run the place. Um, and, you know, have Judgment Day do that. Maybe change up their branding a little bit from sort of like, you know the because right now like I'm, I don't know from SummerSlam he had that big gothic Re- Grim Reaper guy. Yeah, that's sort of that look. I I, I appreciate that, but it's also kind of dorky. Give it him is. some, give him a logo and some shirts that can because Judgment Day is a cool name. Mm. Give him some, that's all right. Mm. Give him uh, give him some shirts and a logo that they can they can wear they can put in a Hot Topic. You know, yeah. some shit yeah. that people. That's what they
1: got to do. I mean, I don't cool trust designers. that would be to design a shirt that looks cool enough that it would fit in Hot Topic. Like, well, that's a whole other conversation.
2: They need to I do know. they need a triple a to triple A's and bring in some metal designers, man. That's what he needs to do. Look, look at this. It's great. Oh, man. Anyways, let's move on. Number eight, eight
1: theory. So uh, he's got a pretty good right now. He just does. Of what in the U.S. title? He's got the money in the bank briefcase. He has a story. Mm. Well, he does now. Yeah, um, but I mean that story is basically,
2: you know, it's just it's open season on theory because Vince McMahon's gone. Yeah. That's his that's the story now and that's a story that is only there because Triple H took over. So before that his story was I'm going to take selfies with people. That yeah. was like the only thing he really had. Um, and so does he have it good now? Yes. Do you believe in any way shape or form that this dude would have successfully cashed in on anybody? You
1: mean if Vince was still in charge?
2: Right. Well, I mean, he had a year. Yeah, he had a year, but did you see like the, the creative direction on theory was not well, here's the in thing. the right direction? Here's the thing.
1: Based on creative no, based on the idea that Vince really, really liked him, uh, I c I wouldn't discount the possibility that, that he would do something like that to to pop a, a rating or, or shock the audience. Sorry. Would I it make have sense creatively? That. No, not yeah. At
2: all. That that's what I meant. You know, like it's it would hit cat was his would hit Theory cashing in, nobody would have cared about it. No. And so under Triple H, the idea is, hey, look, we know this guy has talent. Triple H knows he has talent. Look at his work in the way. Um, Now you have to get him to the point where people give a damn about him and where we think this guy is an actual threat. This guy can actually cash in. Maybe not on Roman because I don't know who could cash in on Roman. But I mean, hey, aim for the moon, aim for
1: the skies, you know, like aim as high as you can. You know, at at the at SummerSlam, if he had done it there, it would have made sense because Brock and Roman were destroying each other, you know, and they told the story there of someone who had no idea what they were doing because they've never been in that situation before. Now, if they had if they could replicate something like that, I don't know, next spring after mania after Mm -hmm. roma beats brock or sorry Mm -hmm. the rock Mm -hmm. yeah because it's i I assume the story right now is open season on theory because vince is gone now he has to learn to survive in this environment and not just survive thrive and part of what we saw at SummerSlam is his is him failing now can he learn from that failure i'm assuming that's the story we're going to get going forward Mm -hmm. um but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on how they book him. Is he going to turn the corner here and actually start getting some wins? And realizing now that there's a massive target on him because nobody likes him, that he's going to have to change change up what he's doing? Is, 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 is Dolph going to take him under his wing? Well, let's bring this up because we're talking about Triple H and yep. people
2: benefiting under this. And the idea is under Vince McMahon, theory was going nowhere.
1: And – I'm well, not sure. Creatively, he was going nowhere, but he was going right. places, seemingly because Vince liked him. And I think, right. yeah, I know. But then you end up things, with, you know, you
2: end up with, you know, and I know Roman was like, he was a draw even when people didn't like Roman. But you get people bitching about Roman because creatively he he was stale. If Roman had never insisted on becoming a heel, where would he be now? He'd be the same stale ass Roman Reigns yeah. that everybody got sick of, and ratings would continue to dive. The idea here is under Vince McMahon was theory going anywhere in terms of cashing in? Yeah, maybe, but it just would have been another situation where this dude's like 25 years old. We would have had like, what, 20 years of under Vince McMahon, assuming he lived until he was whatever. 100, 96. 100, yeah, whatever. Um, And under Triple H, I never, I'll put it this way, I never got the feeling that Vince McMahon understood what theory has to offer. No, he didn't at all. Triple H does absolutely and and I believe that that's why theory will not just cash in successfully but actually have something
1: interesting going on there. yeah, I pose a question because I'm guessing a lot of people see will see theory on this list and think what theory theory's already doing pretty well for himself. how could he benefit more? and you just described how he would well, there you go there uh let's move on number seven seven. Learn more at marines.com. Shinsuke Nakamura! Now, we tell the story all the time. We we were at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn the night he won the NXT title. In my years going to wrestling shows, I don't know if I've ever seen a wrestler as nearly universally beloved and as over as Nakamura was in NXT at that time. Triple H knew how to make Nakamura a massive star because he realized that Nakamura is a massive star. You yeah. put him in the ring, you let him tell stories in the ring, and put on awesome matches. That Nakamura's got a ton of charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let him do his thing and he will get over. Yeah. Triple H understood that in NXT. Yeah. And based on the NXT shows I've been to, never has there been anybody in NXT as over as Nakamura. Yeah. Um and then he gets here's like even his called to the main roster. So he gets called the night after WrestleMania 33. He gets called to the main roster. And the segment against The Miz, or with The Miz. It's like, oh, okay, this is just coming off the, the stuff between Miz and, and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. You got the King of Strong Style versus someone who Daniel Bryan says is a soft wrestler, essentially. Soft style, yeah, totally. That's interesting. Yeah. I would like to see that. The Miz gets drafted to Raw, and then Nakamura is in like an endless feud with Dolph. And he doesn't have his first match until like a month and a half after he debuts. Yeah, so like right, it, it yeah. takes all the steam out of his main roster push immediately, yeah. immediately. I mean, and yeah, he won the rumble. He was in a program with AJ Styles. Not like he hasn't uh, accumulated accolades and titles and stuff. But like the rumble win was like the one chance I felt like he had to 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 get to the main event mm-hmm. in WWE. And then they did the heel turn with them, and that was just all about hitting AJ Styles in the front area. There wasn't much more to it than that. No, there was nothing just, there. It's, like, it's another, another another instance where it feels like Vince McMahon doesn't know who this wrestler is and doesn't, how, doesn't know how to best utilize their strengths. You know, dude, it's crazy. One of the wrestlers we know Vince is closest
2: with and has always valued most is The Undertaker. And Undertaker, for whatever else he doesn't have, that dude was able to maintain his mystique for a v- until he retired basically, you know? Like because he always kept it Well, mystique is a very interesting thing because it can benefit a wrestler so much. Mm-hmm. That little bit of mystery to you, that little bit that air of like the unknown. Yeah. And Shinsuke had that. He was like a he was sort of like a punk rock version of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he came off like a rock star. Oh, absolutely. And when he when, when his musical hit, darn dun, dun. Oh, my God. People just
1: flipped because it was so good. Well, here's the thing, too. In NXT, his entrance, his music, all that, the presentation, perfect. Right, yeah. And what do they have to do when he gets brought to the main roster? Metal it's not line. a massive change, Yeah. but they change it. They changed it, yeah.
0: For
2: yeah. no reason. The details like, matter. Vince didn't like it. The details matter. Yeah. They do absolutely they got- matter. When Aleister Black came up, they added the creaking. When Ricochet came up, they added the... Yep. Um and with Shinsuke they meddled with it. And Vince McMahon, for for having as much appreciation for The Undertaker. Is this the Undertaker? Um does never really never really grasped the power of mystique and just how much you can capture the imagination of the fans mm. with that. That was Shinsuke Nakamura. That was he really connected with the fans because this guy was just everything cool. Mm-hmm. Everything was every, this dude was simply cool. And he communicated through body language, through movement, through uh and through his speech as well. Through his look. It was it all just connected and Vince McMahon had no clue how to harness that the way Triple H did in NXT. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing Shinsuke under Triple H who understands how to utilize that. Now, the question is, this is going to be the big question for like a lot of people on this list, man, is can he turn them around after being on main roster under Vince McMahon for so long? That's yeah. a big
1: question. It is. It really is. It really is. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of wrestlers on this list that I think fans are just waiting. For that moment where let, where they see oh this is going to be it this is to be where they get the push you know yeah this is where yeah. they get the storyline that's going to take them to the next level and yeah. I think once people see that they'll be all in
2: yeah you know what you know a moment uh, uh, I I always go back to especially with, because this might have been Triple H so who knows but when Triple H was champion like in 2014 and Bray Wyatt and his family mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. And he touches the title and people just put it together. Cause like he wasn't even there to like discuss title situations, No, no. but he was standing, he found himself standing face to face with triple H and, and he looks at the title and everybody, but yeah. it's like, Oh God, he's going to go after that thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Never, they dropped really the anything. ball. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> they yeah. dropped the ball. Um, yep. I could see Shinsuke having a moment kind of like that. Like, they try, they
1: kind of teased out with Roman months ago. Exactly. And then they never picked it back up. Exactly. He he tagged with Riddle for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. We haven't really seen him on TV much, said it said. You know, that they could have easily catapulted him, Nakamura, to, to a title match. Yeah. You know, because he came out like the week after WrestleMania and said to the Usos, you entered my my tag team partner. I'm coming after you And Roman. I'm coming after you too. That's yeah, all you need I, to do.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's it, yeah, but they yeah. didn't do it. It'll be interesting to see if any of 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 this idea of hey, we gotta we gotta turn them around after being so long sort of stuck in the mire if we're gonna get any even if it's a slight rebrand um you know, I mean, I, I love how they've done this as not a wrestler, but it's a title, the u s title. How they've reintroduced the same thing with mm. Kevin Owens. He's getting these video packages. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there's going to be sort of like a reintroduction, um, mm-hmm. uh, a, a renewed uh, importance placed on these people and how that's going to manifest itself aesthetically, um, uh, attitude wise, performance wise. If, if there's going to be any direction in terms of, hey, we got to get you out of this. We got to turn it around. Here's how we're going to do it. I can't think of a better segue for somebody who might need that than the next one. Number six, six. Pete Dunn, A.K.A. Butch. So this might go ahead. Let me just say this real quick. In talking about turning somebody around, this might be easier than a Shinsuke Nakamura, simply because Shinsuke is Shinsuke. I don't know how much more you can really change him up. Butch is a completely different person than Pete Dunn.
1: Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and at first they, Seamus and Ridge, tried to make it sound like they have known Pete Dunn for a number of years, even though it's just completely implausible. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's easy enough where he just gets tired of their bullshit, Seamus and Ridge, and 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 reclaims his own identity. He says you you the two of you have been calling me Butch for years. I can't stand that name. And right now, I can't stand either of you. I'm going to break both your fingers and hit you both with bitter ends. And I'm—it won't be Pete Dunne, probably, but it'll be—you know—the the the the, uh, the equivalent of EO Sky, something close to Pete Dunne. That's recognizable enough. Uh, uh, that might have some more uh, importance to him than some mm-hmm. random name that he would have gotten with Vince McMahon. Pete Dunne was. Hugely over in NXT UK. People loved him in NXT. Um, You put him in the ring. You let him put on awesome. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record. You put him in the ring. Let him put on awesome matches. He doesn't have to talk a ton. He says so much with a little shrug. Mm -hmm, Like He communicates so well through body language that even if he's not the best promo, I think he's a decent enough promo, that he speaks, he's, he's exceptionally fluent in the universal language of professional wrestling. Yeah right, and he communicates just well, just mm-hmm. just fine that way. If he if he can drop a promo here and there to flesh out his character and his story, in between matches, he'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know why they, it, it, it's it's frustrating when you see someone who has had success, championship success wherever he's gone. Mm-hmm. Every place Pete Dunne has ever been, he's been he's won a title pretty much. Um, and then he gets called the main roster. As basically, I know he's embraced the character. He's made what he can out of it. He's a henchman. It's what he is. And he's been taking a ton of L's. Mm-hmm. When he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, uh, Triple H, I think, realizes it. How great would it be if, he, if, if Pete Dunne, when he breaks away from Sheamus and Ridge, says, well, time to make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. Referencing yeah. what Triple H told him in the first UK tournament. Yeah, it'd be even cooler if uh, British Strong Style got back together. That would be
2: great. Once, once the once the dust is settled on whatever's going to turn out with this uh, Tyler Bate and, uh, and, and, and Del Boy stuff, um, you get that settled for continuity's sake in UK, mm-hmm. and then you know Pete Dunn says, "Hey, Ridge and Sheamus, I don't need you. I got my own dudes." And you know, cue the Mustache Mountain music and Burton Del Boy. Uh, that could be sick. I would, God, I would love to see that. And give us, give us that promo from whatever it was, 2014 yeah. or 15 or whatever yeah. it was when we got that progress promo about them coming to WWE, which is what they wanted to do. Yeah. That was, uh, great. that was great. Let's move on. I think this dude should be way higher, man. Number five, five, Bob rude. Now, the reason why I say, I think it should be higher is because there is nobody lower on this list. Nobody at a worse point on this list. Nobody who has had a worse call-up on this list than Bobby
1: Roode, who he has w- the deepest hole to get out of here. <laughs> His he absolutely hole does. is so deep, man. Um, Bob Roode's work in NXT, I thought, was exceptional. Yeah, that was really. Um, granted, I wasn't that. F- I didn't watch a lot of Impact. Uh, anywhere between 2002 and like a year and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I missed his run there for the most part. I'm familiar with what he did, but it's not like I'm, I have a, a, a great wealth and knowledge. Um, but when he showed up in NXT, I know his first promo was essentially his, his, his mission statement, I'm going to have tech CEOs sit in front row, blah, 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 blah. They didn't really follow through with that, but that didn't bother me because I appreciated that in NXT, they booked him as a heel that wasn't a cowardly heel. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a a, a a dominant monster heel either. He was a tactician. Mm-hmm. He knew how to how to how to, how, to, how to force his opponents to make mistakes, and he would capitalize on them. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that because far too often you get you WB just they have two paths they take with heels. It's either a chicken shit heel or a monster heel. Very mm-hmm. rarely they find any sort of middle ground. I thought they did a really good job with that or Triple H did a good job with that with Bobby Roode and NXT. And then he got called the main roster and his character was his theme song. Mm, and that yeah. was it for the longest time. Yeah. He came out there. He smiled. He did the pose to glorious. Everybody sang along, but there was nothing there. Um, in, him and Dolph, when they formed the dirty dogs, that was fun, but you kind of knew 90% of what they were doing was just them, you know, trying to make something of it. Um, I don't really feel, I feel like it's been a long time since Bob Roode's been, has gotten any sort, any sort of push whatsoever. Um, Basically since his call up maybe when he was U.S. champion. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he was
2: U.S. champion, um, I am currently searching for the last time he had a singles win. The last, the last win he had, the last win he had was in January of this year. Oh my and god. And it was it was, of course, it was a multi man. It was uh, I think it said Cruz and the Dirty Dogs uh, versus wow. like, the Mysterios. Ah, here we go. So the last singles win that Bobby Roode has had was February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty February twenty eighth. Twenty twenty was the last Get singles out. the last singles win. He's gone. He had. He's gone two and a half years without a singles win. There are his singles matches are rarities. He had another. He had a, a, a September of that year of 2020. Uh, he lost to Drew McIntyre on Raw. That if I'm and then and then recently I'm sorry. Recently he has had a lot of singles matches, all defeats uh mainly house shows um like lately he's in a thing right now apparently i think he's on he's on main event wow no he's he's saturday night's main event. that's just a house show circuit he lost a lot recently to veer and he lost once to amas uh riddle beat him in a live show uh in march uh of course there was that nxt match with braun breaker in march Mm -hmm. as well that he lost that Mm -hmm. otherwise that's his last singles win was in February of 2020. Two and a half years ago. That is
1: crazy. That was against Kofi. I mean, he's, he's, he's a really talented guy. He's a good promo, but you see him now when he was on WWE TV and this feels like, and I don't know him. This is just a supposition based on seeing his work. It just kind of seems like his passion's been sucked out, you know? Yeah, right. You know, he, yeah. he, when he got called up I said he was doing great work in NXT. I think a lot of us were really excited to see what he was going to do in the main roster because he knew his character in NXT. He knew who that character yeah. was, and, and he embodied that every time he was on screen. And he gets yeah. called up, and they just <laughs> flush all that down the toilet. Your character's Mr. Glorious now, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, he, he's been he's been a, a
2: dirty dog uh, since uh, September of 2019. Wow. Yeah, he, he, was, he was in the Dirty Dogs since September of 2019. Uh, and then before that, he was on a big losing streak. Well, he he was in a tag team with Chad Gable for a bit. Oh, was he? Yeah, they were tag champs. Where is that? I don't even know where that is anyways. Uh, So, yeah, dude's in a big old hole, Um, and and hopefully under Triple H, uh, he can can become what he was before. I think here's the thing. I think it's easier for this guy maybe even than Butch because, like, with Butch, it's like, okay, He's kind of over. The fans kind of like what he's doing. Uh, so, like, do you really want to? Nobody knows about Bob Roode anymore. Like, he is. A, he's. He's. He's just. He's nothing. He's like a, a blank slate. So you could do. You could revamp him mm-hmm. to quite a degree. And I think people. would I think people would be like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Yeah. Um. Maybe you. I don't know. Maybe he he joins or forms a faction. I don't know what you do with the guy. But I kind of feel like the you know you can do a lot with him and, and people will be willing to, to take a look because he's just he's just background. You know, he's yeah. just background at this point.
1: Well I mean I guess the problem is too, if people for the last what four or five years are used to seeing him as background, mm-hmm. it might be difficult for him to see to be seen as anything but background, you know? Because he is in such a massive hole at this juncture.
2: I think the thing is I, I, I don't disagree, but I think he has a better shot. So like, you know, when Jinder became champion, it was like oh pff- well, that's not gonna happen. And then it happened. Mm-hmm. And they sort of they, they put a lot of cool shit around him and, and it's ginger. Ginger's very entertaining. Not a lot of people like that title run because he just always was booked as like a chicken shit heel. Mm-hmm. Um but we always found him entertaining. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was a great idea to make him champion. But I feel like Bobby Roode probably has I th- I think you could probably pull the same stunt there, except People would probably buy it a bit more than maybe gender because he is a former NXT champion. A couple of mm-hmm. cool video packages, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of decent promos, and and people will come around to it. But you know, time will tell on if if that's the case. He's forty five years old, but again, I don't know how much Triple H cares about. You know, oh, we yeah. have to be pushing the twenty five year olds
1: now. You know, yeah, that's one thing I wonder too with some of the NXT call ups who are already you know well into their thirties. Whether uh, Vince thought well they're kind of old to just be starting the main roster careers so we'll just kind of keep keep them around as good hands good workers mm-hmm. yeah. you know which is a disservice to, to these wrestlers who have built a good solid brand for themselves and yeah they know how to work Yeah, and, and maybe Vince should have utilized their talents to actually tell stories and, and build up new stars as opposed to just hey we'll put you in a tag team or we'll have you a uh, job out at live events you know
2: Well, let's talk about somebody who's been in a tag team. Let's talk about somebody who has jobbed out to live events. We're talking about number four for Shayna Baszler. Now, she was kind of the heir apparent to Asuka. She was yep. sort of the next
1: dominant champion that she NXT was. saw and after Asuka. And actually, she, in terms of combined days as NXT Women's right. champion, she passed Asuka. Mm-hmm. 548 combined days as, as champ. I believe she was the first two-time NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. definitely booked as, the after Oscar, the next dominant force in the NXT Women's Division. Absolutely.
2: Now, she's had a bit better of a run, I would say, than Bobby Roode. Um, she, I, I honestly think if COVID wasn't a thing, she'd have been a Raw Women's Champion. It's entirely um, possible. Because, right, she she had that dominant performance at Elimination Chamber um and uh you know should they they debuted her i always thought i know it was a bit on the corny side i thought it was cool as shit. she came out and just ripped a hole in becky's neck yeah. she yeah. bit her and there was blood everywhere oh that was a pretty effective way to debut her um but seemingly you know vince wanted to i think vince wanted to change things up because COVID hit and he didn't want like a heel champion maybe that was the case or, or she wasn't flashy enough i don't know what the deal was But like everything else, Vince McMahon, he drops the ball, he blames the talent, and then the talent just sort of gets buried. Now, she had a terrific run as tag champion with Nia Vax. I thought that was pretty decent. She has had plenty of opportunities to stand out, but one thing that Mm -hmm. stands out to me is a conversation she said that she had with Vince McMahon where he said, don't worry about your work rate. This is main roster. We don't worry about that here. Well, Shayna, I mean, I don't know if work rate is the right – term but like she was just a brutalizer in the ring you know she would just viciously tap people out Mm -hmm. and that just didn't seem to be on vince's agenda um and so she ended up doing like some comedy stuff she was feuding with lily for a spell um none of it really took advantage of what she brings best and that's just a wrecker you know she just destroys people in the ring and maybe triple h will go back to that and reintroduce Shayna. I don't think she needs a hell of a lot of, like, reintroduction or anything. No, I don't think so People either. know what she can do. Um, and I don't know what it's going to be for her. I don't know what store you put her in where she can sort of start to come back up and people can believe. leave her. Do you have any ideas is? for that? Go yeah. ahead. Yeah,
1: have her few with Rhonda. And she comes out of that uh, uh, on the winning side of things. You know, if... if, 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 if I guess you could... I, I guess the issue would be if they turn Ronda heel expecting Ronda and Becky at Mania next year they might not want Rhonda to take a whole lot if any losses apart from maybe one to Liv Morgan coming up here but I think people want to cheer for Shayna because mm-hmm. as you said she was not given the best creative but she did what she could with all of it mm-hmm. and she made a lot of that entertaining when it probably shouldn't have been because mm-hmm. um, I think she was in some comedy stuff but I think she's got pretty good comedic timing Oh, and she does. Delivery, no, she, yeah, she's funny and her delivery is really good. There's a lot of yep. stuff that that they gave her that was, oh, what is this? She made it something. Yeah, um, she really adapted to sports entertainment. She yeah, and 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 I think you put her in a feud with Ronda. I think that's something a lot of people want to see. Mm-hmm. You have her come out the winning end of that, and then you go on from there. You maybe know, maybe I'm
2: just maybe I'm just conditioned for this, but I'm trying to think of something more realistic. <laughs> and and I, I, well, I only say that because, like you know, they're paying Ronda a shit ton of money. Yeah. And as much as I would love for that to happen, and I, I, you would think that Ronda would probably be cool with that. Oh yeah. Um, because they are like best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, I I feel like they probably are eyeing Ronda versus Becky at Mania yeah. next year. Yeah. That would seem to be the case because we never got that proper okay how about this how mania about this thing. you have
1: you, you you spend some time building up Shayna after ronda loses to becky next year at mania then you have Shayna step up to ronda and and pretty much you especially if ronda's like all right i've done what i wanted to do you know i don't know what her contract situation is but mm-hmm. if she's like all right i'm i'm looking to, to phase out wrestling yeah have Shayna be the one that sends her packet from wb you know mm-hmm that could be cool, and that would be huge for for Shayna.
2: You know, it'd be cool. It'd be really cool. Have them win the tag titles together, and then Shayna turns on Rhonda, mm-hmm. and then they have their big match, and then and Shayna wins that. Um, another way you could do it, you know, what I'd love to see happen: have Triple H initiate a a good Queen of the Ring, or what mm-hmm. they call it this past time, uh, uh, Queen's, Queen's Crown, Crown. Yeah, a real meaty tournament mm-hmm. with like sixteen people. Thirty-two. Well, there's not going to be thirty-two people, but like sixteen people. You do qualifiers to get in, yeah, or maybe yeah, some yeah, people yeah. get buys or whatever. Minimum um, uh, match length: twelve minutes. Have it be across all three brands. There's thirty-two yeah. people across all oh, yeah, three yeah, yeah, brands. Yeah. I think. um yeah. But yeah, but no, the matches you're exactly time. right. Give the matches, give the matches a ton of time. Have it be, you know, the 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 G one for for the men and women, the king of the ring and the queen of the ring. Mm-hmm. Bring that back. And, and have Shayna just wreck everybody through that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Do that. That'd be great. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, next up, number three.
1: Three.
2: L.A. Max Dupree night.
1: Max yeah. Dupree or L.A. night or whatever they're going to call them. I mean, he's already benefiting because apparently he wanted nothing more to do with this maximum available model stuff. And then Vince was like, all right, you're done with it. And then Triple H comes in, takes over creative, and then LA Knight's back as Max Dupree. Um, So, you know, whatever qualms he had about that character or that gimmick creatively, uh, apparently he must have had a a conversation with Triple H about it. And Triple H put his mind at ease or at least said, all right, I'll listen to what you have to say. Uh, to try to to either make you uh, uh, more enthusiastic about this or make changes so it works more for your philosophy of whatever I don't know, but evidently it was something he didn't really want to do. He seemingly is a bit more comfortable with it now.
2: You and I uh, in the past and even you know these days, we got a couple different things going. We like doing the comedy skits, you yeah. know, it's like we always had a good time doing it. Could you imagine, could you imagine? if doing these comedy skits instead of you and i you know sitting down in front of a a word doc and coming up with it ourselves i send it to you you send it back to me i send it back to you then we improv a little bit Mm -hmm. do you imagine if just from on high some 77 year old man was sending us comedy skits for us to do how incredibly frustrating that would be as opposed to somebody saying hey steven larson what do you get this is what we want to do what do you guys think would work here you know what i mean a collaborative process Exactly. I don't know that this is the case, but it wouldn't shock me if that was the transformation that Max Dupree maybe needed mm-hmm. to, to, to go back to doing the maximum. Or maybe Triple H said, hey, listen, you better start doing this shit. <laughs> You're in the contract. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said I, it, you it, back it seemed, to NXT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd probably be happy with that. He was super I over in NXT. He was super over in
1: NXT, I know.
2: Um. Yeah, no, I was kind of surprised to see Max Dupree back, and I was I'm kind of really curious yeah.
1: where he's going to go. He was so over in NXT, man. It's not like he was given anything to really to get him over either.
2: No. A he got himself was over. It? A microphone. That's all he needed. Yeah. yeah. A microphone. Yeah. He can have any crowd. And I wonder if we're going to see maybe a bit more of that. Or maybe if it's just like Vince had like four different things he wanted him to do. And he was like, none of this speaks to me. Like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I'm supposed to whisper talk. What yeah. is that? That's so antithetical to everything. Have I you do? ever heard me drop a
1: promo? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very loud. Yeah. Dummy. You know. Yeah.
2: So and he wants to be, be a close know. talker? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's right. like
2: Vince finally watched Seinfeld. Yeah, right, yeah. You know what's funny is that he was regardless, that's the thing about Max Dupree. He was fucking funny doing the close to doing the close talk. Oh, stuff. he was. I thought I thought that shit was funny and you know, he comes out of the locker room in an interview and they have evidently a mic just like right here next to him because you can hear every little hint of mm-hmm. breath that he had. Mm hmm. I thought he was pretty funny. But, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see. Is he, is he going to remain Max Dupree or is he going to be L.A. Knight? Or is he going to stay with Maximum Male Models or is he not going to stay with
1: Maximum yeah, Male Models? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't know where this story is headed. I do feel like if Vince was still in, in, in charge of creative, it would just kind of be the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. But maybe the one thing that L.A. Knight, Max Dupree wanted was direction. And I'm not yeah. mean like yeah. Vince there directing the segments he mm-hmm. wants to know where this story's going where is it going? where this character yeah. is going you know yeah, and right. and if whether triple h has a vision for maximum male models or not um you at least get the sense that triple h has a vision of what he wants main roster product to look like and maybe that was enough for him mm-hmm. i don't know i want i'm curious about this conversation they had that 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 brought la night back uh, to do in maximum male models i'm curious mm-hmm. It was probably akin to the conversation Triple H had
2: with Kevin Owens that time before he gave him the universal title. That's a good segue, Steve. Yeah, there you go. Oh, perfect. Number two. <laughs> two. I didn't even know Kevin Owens was next. Number two. Two. Kevin Owens. That's right. This man was literally handed the universal title by mm-hmm. Triple H, uh, and then uh, Brock and Goldberg came around and spoiled that run. But yeah. uh, now Vince isn't in charge anymore anymore. You got to think Triple H sees this guy. I'm telling you, if anybody can be, and I know I'm going to get people in the comments, there's no other Stone Cold. If anybody's going to be another Stone Cold, Steve Austin, it's Kevin Owens. It's Kevin Owens, man. Yep. He was yep. hot coming into
1: the yep. co- coming into the main roster, man. Yeah. Ooh. And he's had runs where he Oh yeah. The closest they got to to the Stone Cold thing is it was this feud against Roman cuz by and large that was pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. It was pretty good, yeah. It was
1: pretty good. Um but you know he he's, he he finishes that up, and then through the summer and spring he's. And this is no disrespect to Ezekiel because that storyline was a lot of fun. Oh, that shit was funny. And the two of them made a lot of again of something that probably shouldn't have worked, and mm-hmm. they made it work. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens should be a main event player on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. He's that talented. Yeah, he is. And you know Triple H views him as a main event player on a regular basis. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, we saw the video package at SummerSlam. Anything you give Kevin Owens, he makes the absolute most of it. Mm-hmm. You put him in a main event program. It's weird, like, a, after he has a, the, the main events, night one of WrestleMania against Stone Cold. Yeah. Such a huge moment, the return of Stone Cold. He, oh, man! He, he and Austin had a fun match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the first thing they think of is, we're going to put you with Elias's younger brother. I know. Yeah. Rather than using that match against Stone Cold to catapult him. Yeah. Further up the card.
2: Yeah. I know, like God, dude, the things they could do. You know, you know, it could have been cool. I don't know why I just thought about this, but like, I feel like WWE needs to take a couple more risks, man. Could you oh, imagine yeah. if after the Stone Cold bit, Kevin Owens says, "You know what? He he makes an excuse for whatever happened with Stone Cold," and I can't think of a better wrestler to debut his own title the way Taz did with the FTW mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. You know, Stone Cold used to have the Broken Skull, uh, the, uh, the 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 Smoking Skull title. What if Kevin Owens debuted that as his title because he was a prize fighter? He was the guy he brought in proudly the NXT title and he's got his own title and nobody could beat him for that. Mm -hmm. And eventually that title ends up with its own prestige to the point where, hey, I'm going to put this up against, you know, a Roman or a Lashley or whatever. And he works his way back up. I just sort of came up with that the top of my head. But there's any there's so many fun things you could do in the world of wrestling because you just get to script it all. You just get to do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Kevin Owens is the kind of guy that you could script anything for him, and and he'll run with it. Yep. Just script something really really cool for him, and he'll be
1: right back on track. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Damn it, I like that idea now. And I'm, they're not use so it for WFTW. Have a
1: have a cheeseburger. Have his own title. Oh,
2: shit, that's a good idea. All right, I'm going to do that. Anyways, uh, before I uh, go rebook W. Steve W., let's talk about number one. One. Now, it is entirely possible that Sasha Banks and Naomi have already debuted on SmackDown last night. Yes. Uh, but we're filming this before that. Yeah,
1: it's Thursday. It's Thursday right now. August 4th. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but uh, according to uh, the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, he said they're trying to get her get them back. Uh, you, Triple H, obviously big fan of both, yep. and uh, I don't see why you know th- th- this wouldn't be able to happen unless they're just
1: both like oh, I don't really. Well, do I mean, it, it was WrestlingNews.co like that. that reported that it was that they were kind of oh, it was a
2: done deal. That's right, yeah.
1: That it was uh, a done deal. that you know, because uh, after Sasha and Naomi walked out of Raw because they weren't uh, happy with their creative, um, uh, with the tag titles, that uh, you know, Raj Geary. Uh, reported that Sasha had been released. Uh I believe it was Meltzer, maybe some others said that they had heard that at least their that Sasha's legal team, her lawyers, were trying to get her release. Whether you know, WB never announced anything about any releases, any yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then towards the end of, of Vince's tenure, we got reports that they were trying to do something to get him back, and that that seemingly intensified once Triple H took over, and now. Um. If wrestling news is be believed, uh, they could be they could have returned already mm-hmm. as of a, as a Friday or maybe it'll be somewhere down the line. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it seems pretty evident that you know Sasha was in NXT. Um, I always remember that scene in Breaking Ground where Triple H tells Sasha and Bailey their main eventing um, the, with their Iron Woman match. Um, I would guess that Sasha has pretty good rapport. With Triple H mm-hmm, and yeah. and would feel like if I have issues with my creative I can take that to Triple H and there will be a discussion as It'll opposed to if I did that to yeah. Vince and Vince just says well we're gonna we're gonna do it my way you yeah, know no you're gonna do it this way yeah um, God damn it. so you know if, if, if creative satisfaction is primary on her list In terms of her being happy wrestling in WWE, and she feels like, well, Triple H can provide that far more than Vince ever could. Mm. Why not give this another shot?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, absolutely. I agree. Some people out there might
2: have questions uh, in terms of, well, who might be, who should be worried maybe now that Vince is gone? We actually talked about that not as an actual list, but as part of our Ask Stephen Larson series over at the Friendo Club, Club TV channel. You can mm-hmm. check that out. Maybe I'll post a link up here if I remember to do that. Um, did we have any honorable mentions here? Or is um, there much was it? a
1: couple. Uh, of course, Johnny Gargano, John. Um, John. Yeah. You know, it's entirely possible. Triple H, assuming uh, the role of head of creative, uh, could be the, the the deciding factor in John's choice about where to go, whether it goes to AEW or WWE. It's entirely possible he could have made this list. There's a couple other names that I, I thought up that uh, their fortunes might improve now that Triple H is in the charge. Uh, Dewdrop. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Cedric Alexander. Oh, yeah. Triple H put it, his arm around him and said, yeah, I'm going to We're going to sign guy. this guy after his we match did. with Kota I know Cedric and Mustafa Ali have been tagging on main event. Um oh, give, man, if they, yeah. given their history mm-hmm. going back two oh five live. Mm-hmm. Like have them form a tag team and push them. Imagine that the matches would they would have against killer. the Usos. Killer. That'd be killer. It would be incredible. Yeah. Um there was a couple Tegan other. Knox here as well. Yes,
2: Tegan Knox. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got the list right here. Um yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean there was a couple other that we you know that that uh, there well there was one other's there was one other Gunther He's already the Intercontinental Champion, but you know Triple H loves the guy, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll he'll, he'll be, be from it in two weeks. Who knows? Even more yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, listen, this guy right here, he's the future <laughs> He's the future face of the company. <laughs> this young talent. Uh anyways, uh, that's gonna do it for count out today. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, check out one of our other videos, and until next time, we'll see you over there. Goodbye.